Welcome to Reality Check, the podcast that helps teenagers find their own answer to the common question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm Ariana, your host, and today I'm excited to interview Coco Lair, who is an outdoor educator. Welcome. Thanks, Ariana. Thanks for having me. So why don't you just give us a brief overview of what you did as an outdoor educator? Well, outdoor education in general can look a lot of different ways. There's usually like a different balance between the outdoorsy stuff and the education side. I personally, I would say I had three major jobs associated with outdoor education. The first one was called Mountain Classroom, and that looked a lot like the Magic School Bus, if you're familiar. So it was myself, another instructor, and 10 students, and we were on a school bus, and we would drive over the course of 10 weeks from New Hampshire to California, and then back again over the next 10 weeks with a different group of students. And we were camping every night and we were learning about where we were. So it was all place-based education. I taught science, a class called group dynamics, which was kind of a communications class and a class called expedition skills, which also included first aid stuff. And So that was a pretty, I would say, even balance between academics and outdoorsy stuff. We would mostly be sleeping next to the bus at a campground, but at times we would go backpacking for a week or go paddling down a river for a week or go on rock climbing expeditions. So we got to have a lot of different activities mixed in there. And we would always work towards the students having more accountability and independence. And by the end of the expedition, they were essentially leading on their own and they would plan their own expeditions and we would just check in on them once a day. So that was my first job. My second one was a school called High Mountain Institute. That's in Leadville, Colorado. And that one, there was an actual campus and students would come from all over the country to the school for about five months at a time. We would have a lot of time in the classroom. So I I taught in an actual classroom with four walls. (laughs) And then we would go on backpacking expeditions that were usually 18 days. And that one, I would say, was more more maybe academically leaning. I felt like we had more class time than the first job. And then the final one is called Knowles, which used to stand for National Outdoor Leadership School. Now it's just Knowles. And that one is really mostly the outdoor leaning. So that was just uh, like 30-day backpacking trips. We'd have a few classes in there, but it was mostly students could sign up. And then they, it was usually in the summer. And so they would we would go on backpacking trips anywhere in the U.S. I did it in New York in the Adirondacks, but the organization actually runs globally. So that's kind of, yeah, the overview of my experience with outdoor education. Got it. Going back a bit, what did you want to be when you were a teenager? I, I wanted to be a teacher. I remember walking out of biology class when I was a sophomore, your age, and I, I just was blown away by the content we had just learned. And my mind was like racing. I was so excited. And I was like, maybe I want to be a biologist. And then I thought about how fun it would be to get to be the teacher that makes students feel that way. And I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a teacher. And so I had teaching, I had my eye on teaching for a long time. And then I started to get more experience with outdoor stuff later on in high school and into college. And I thought the combination of the two was really dreamy. So that's what I ended up pursuing. How did you get into the more nature side of things? 
So the high school I went to is actually the school that runs Mountain Classroom. This first job I had. So when I was a senior in high school, I got to do the magic school bus from the student side. And I always thought that it would be a dream job to get to run that as an instructor. So I kind of worked my way towards that kind of, I, I think even in high school, I was asking what some of the qualifications were to be a mountain classroom instructor. And I slowly gathered that experience. Where did you go after high school, like college or before that? Yeah. So I took a year off after high school and I, at first I took a long road trip with my boyfriend at the time. We drove all across the U.S. and he was a big rock climber. So we, we were climbing all over the U.S. And when I got back from that, I moved to Vermont with a friend of mine and I worked at an outdoor gear store and did a lot of trips in that area in Vermont. And then I went on a couple of longer outdoor trips. So I went down to Patagonia and I was a student for Knowles, the organization I now work for. And we did a mountaineering expedition there that was six weeks. And then my mom and I actually did a three-week dog sledding and cross-country skiing trip, camping out in the Minnesota winter, which was amazing. Super formative for my mom and I's relationship, but also just really fun to get to hang out with dogs in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. So I had that year off and then I went to college and studied geology, which was a lot of outdoor science. So that's when I started to get more into the kind of science and outdoor stuff combined because we would have a lot of field work and would be going into the mountains to collect samples. Why did you choose to take a gear off? I felt very conflicted about college with the amount that it cost. I think my older sister did not go to college and I obviously looked up to her as you do to older sisters. And I thought, and still do think that she's one of the most intelligent people I know. And so I was always kind of like, if she didn't go and, and she is the way that she is, I, I don't know that it makes sense for me to go. So I just had some more thinking to do to see if it was really worth it. And I knew that if I did go, I really wanted to be excited about it and invested and ready to to study and engage in all the ways that I knew how. So I knew I just needed a little bit of time. And I also just wanted to have some experience working random jobs and, you know, making enough money for rent and just kind of like Mm -hmm. feeling what it's like to be an adult in that way. Where did you end up going? To college? Yeah. I went to Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York. And why did you choose geology as your main path? I, I really did not anticipate doing that. I, I thought I was going to study music and and or Spanish. And then I just couldn't stop smiling in geology class. I just loved it. I just, each class I left being like just buzzing. And especially as lab started and I realized that, you know, a livelihood in natural sciences usually means a lot of outdoor time. And I just remember like some of my friends studying neuroscience would have these long labs indoors. And I was like, I just got to go to the mountains and we stopped for donuts mm-hmm. on the way back. And <laughs> I just, I just loved it. I like could not stop grinning studying geology. So I just stuck with it. So did you just go back to your high school after college to get that mountain classroom job? I did not. I graduated college and then I wanted to pursue a master's in education, but I needed some more money to do that. So I spent a year in New Hampshire working some odd jobs 
some which were focused on outdoor stuff. So I was a rock climbing coach and a snowboarding coach. I also was a waitress and I just saved up some money. And then after that, I spent a year and a half getting my master's of arts and teaching in Colorado at Colorado College. And almost half of that year was actually spent at the High Mountain Institute as an apprentice. So I was kind of a teacher in training there. And then later I ended up going back to the High Mountain Institute as a faculty mm-hmm. member. So for that job specifically, walk us through how, like a certain course and just like the different parts of it and the length. Mm-hmm. The High Mountain Institute job? Yeah. yeah. So I was always teaching natural science and each semester was different. We had a, a fall semester and then a spring semester that was really pretty much a winter semester. So let's say if we were doing the winter semester, there was a lot about why we have winter and snow science. So we would talk about the tilt of the earth and the earth moving around the sun and why we have decreased solar gain at certain times of the year. And we would talk a lot about snow and snow formation and how cold affects living organisms. And I'm trying to remember, we kind of mixed in a lot of different things. There was always a geology unit as well. And I always had an apprentice working for me, kind of. And so they would also always bring their expertise to the semester as well and incorporate whatever it was that they were passionate about. And when we were on expeditions, we would, students, you know, I didn't get to be with them for that. So it was always like student guided. And it was usually some some type of like data collection science that they were doing. So some of it would be like looking at temperature changes inside and outside of the igloos that we were sleeping in or like monitoring their own internal temperatures standing in the snow. So I guess to summarize a lot of snow science. <laughs> yeah. What about the ones that leaned more into like the outside, the nature part of it, where you're outside for more of the course? Yeah, I guess we had like three 50-minute classes indoors. Then we'd always have like a three-hour lab outside every week. And usually our outdoor labs were, a lot of it was about mining. We lived in a mining town. So we were doing a lot of looking at stream quality, looking at water quality downstream of the mining and kind of looking at what impact that has on the aquatic ecosystem. Um, But it was all integrated, you know, so the outdoors and the indoors, it was, I guess a lot of the content was focused on what we had seen outside. And then we would bring that into the classroom and debrief that. What would you say your favorite part of your day would be while you were teaching? Well, the cool thing about teaching at all of these programs at High Mount Institute, at Knowles, and at Mount Classroom was that I didn't just get to see the students as students. I got to know them on a personal level. You know, for think about High Mount Institute, I would teach them, you know, for 50 minutes in the classroom. I'd get to see their excitement there. And then I would get to go be on cook crew with them and cook dinner with them. And then I'd go get to check them in on their cabin and, you know, maybe play a game with them or just have a convo. And so I really, that's my favorite thing about outdoor outdoor education is that I get to know each student fully and it makes the time in the classroom, I think, so much more dynamic and so much more fun because you can pull on those parts of their personality and engage them, Mm -hmm. you know, if they 
if they start to kind of <laughs> wander off, you know, you really know them and know how to bring them back. And what about your least favorite part? Um, the least favorite part, and, and the reason I'm not doing it right now, um, is that it's, it's, a it's a very 24 seven job. So it's, you know, you're in loco parentis, you're acting as their parent while they're there. All mm-hmm. the jobs I had were residential settings. So I really was, I was there when they're throwing up in the middle of the night. I was there, you know, if they, if there was disciplinary stuff going on. And so that, that definitely gets hard, especially when you really do develop these relationships with students and care about them deeply. It can be taxing just having those challenges pop up and you never know when those challenges are going to pop up. And I definitely would like to go back to it, but was excited to also be able to go home at the end of the day and have work be over. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my questions for later. Is that one of the main reasons you paused your outdoor education, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I just, I started doing outdoor education when I was 23. And so from that time, I kind of felt like I was acting as a mom for teenagers. And Mm -hmm. while I loved it, I I was excited to kind of explore what my life would be like (laughs) without that. And also thinking about potentially having children of my own in the future. I thought maybe I could reserve some of my energy (laughs) for that process. (laughs) Did you have a favorite one of your three of the three organizations you worked for? Yeah, I would have to say Mountain Classroom, which I'm actually I'm driving up to meet them tomorrow to go help them out for a weekend, which I'm excited about. What was really special about Mountain Classroom was how small the unit was, just 10 students, two instructors really meant that we got to evolve as a group and we got to I feel like the track the students growth more and develop trust more. And so it was a really rewarding experience to see at the end of the semester how much they had grown. And um, yeah, it just, each each time we did it, it really felt like we formed a family. Mm-hmm. Did it ever get tedious doing the same thing semester, semester over again? Well, no. And that's what I would say I love most about teaching is that it really never is the same thing because you're always dealing with different people. And so it can't be. And then also we we totally changed the curriculum pretty much every semester. Okay. Which was more work than it needed to be, but it was just fun for us because our curriculum really depended on where we were. So yeah, everything was always so different and it never got boring. And that's what I would say about that job and teaching in general is with every other job I've had, whether it's waitressing or what else have I done? Oh, like some construction stuff. You kind of the learning curve, it feels like you can max out on the learning curve pretty quickly and get things down. What I loved about teaching was I never got there. You know, it's just always changing and I always felt engaged. So for other students in the country, I guess, how common are these like courses as part of a high school? Pretty uncommon, I would say, although they're growing quickly. I know semester schools, there's probably like a dozen new ones being developed each year at this point. High Mountain Institute was one of the first of its kind, but I do feel like it's becoming more and more prevalent. And honestly, right now with COVID, it's kind of the ideal situation where you go and you pot up with a group of other students and then you're just outdoors. So I can imagine them becoming more and more accessible to students around the country in the future, which would be great.
I think it's a really unique experience that allows you to have time to reflect on who you are and how you relate to your community and develop some skills that I think are really relevant to your life. So I know that you go on trips a lot still, but Mm -hmm. just in general, how do you keep your passion for nature in your life currently? Yeah, I actually, I took a little break, which was interesting right when I moved to Arizona where I am now. I, I didn't go camping. I barely went hiking for probably four or five months. And then I uh, went on a trip and I was like, oh yeah, this whole part of me that I, I really love is still here. And so since that, I, I've just been, I've been planning trips for my friends. Uh, so all summer I was doing these backcountry paddleboarding trips where we'd load up our boats and paddle out somewhere and camp for a couple of days. So yeah, I've just been using those those planning skills and then the actual outdoor skills and the safety skills and first aid skills to do the same exact thing, but with my friends, which is really Mm -hmm. fun. (laughs) Yeah. And then personally, I just, I go on little trips all the time, backpacking or little road trips or even just trail running. Mm -hmm. And if someone were looking to do it, to enter a career in outdoor education, what kind of college degrees or like majors or just things you should study in general should they look for? Mm -hmm. It depends on where you're looking to go. So for example, for Knowles, you really don't need much in the way of teaching experience and it, it doesn't matter what you studied so that you can kind of just hop right into, they have training programs that you can apply for. If you're looking to do one that involves more teaching like High Mountain Institute or Mountain Classroom, it's important to have that teaching experience. So whether that's getting a master's in teaching or substitute teaching or being a teacher in training, all of those things, just getting as much classroom experience as you can in addition to outdoor stuff is important. And I guess a good place to start always is getting a wilderness first aid certification, a WUFA or a WUFR, wilderness first responder. And those are offered by dozens of organizations around the country. So if you just type in a Google wilderness first aid, that's a good place to start. It gives you the first aid skills you need and it kind of connects you to the outdoor community to start getting some of that experience under your belt. So what opportunities are available for people who don't go to college? Tons. I don't know if Knowles requires any college experience, but there's just so many organizations operating around the country that offer these backpacking trips for students. There's also the whole field of wilderness therapy. And that's, you know, more for people of all ages that are struggling with mental health stuff or substance abuse. And that requires all different types of training. You can go in, I think, without degrees to just be kind of more of a like outdoor help. And then also if you have a like social work degree, you can be working with the participants in a more intimate level. But if you don't have a college degree, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to think of like organizations specifically that don't require it. And it's hard for me to pull them up, but I would just, you know, uh, search outdoor education. Maybe I'm trying to think about like younger students. I think that might be the place to start is like, oh yeah, like summer camp stuff actually is a nice place to start. I think without a college degree where you can just start leading longer trips for middle school age students or children Mm -hmm. or campers yeah (laughs) one final question for you what Mm -hmm. advice do you have for someone who has no idea what they want to be when they grow up I feel like 
the way I've navigated is by walking through the doors that feel most joyful to me. And I really have like visualized this at many points in my life where, you know, you have a set of options in front of you and some of the doors, it feels like you're forcing open and some of the doors open easily. And I just, I pretty much always opted to do what felt like the most fun to me because it felt like if I was doing something that I enjoyed, it felt joyful, that I would have the energy to continue doing it. So, I mean, just like I said, when I entered college and I was like, I'm going to study music and Spanish, you know, we can plan so many things out. And I would just say, don't, don't feel attached to your plans, but listen to your gut, check in with yourself, really pay attention to what's making you happy and follow that. It's so much more fun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for teaching us about being an outdoor educator. And if any of our listeners have questions for Coco, you can contact her at cflair at gmail.com. That's C-F-L-O-E-H-R at gmail.com. And before we wrap up, who do you want me to interview next? An inventor, architect, weather forecaster, photographer? Email me your ideas at realitycheckpodcast10 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.